Hi, and welcome to Behind the Bar, a podcast that takes conversations out of the dance class. I'm Krista. And I'm Taylor. And welcome to Behind the Bar. Hey, Taylor, do you ever have customers come up and say they have no idea where to buy their dance items? Every day. Every day I have parents call, email, come in, and they say that they have no idea where to find shoes, tights, bodysuits. Yeah, they're always like, where do you buy that? So if you want to bring an out-of-the-box experience to your dance classes, then you should check out our sponsor, DanceBox. At DanceBox, they want to make it easy for your students to come to dance class prepared and make you money in the process. Yeah, they're easy to use for owners, parents, and students. They make it easy for your students to get everything they need. No more tracking, no more inventory, no more handing out lists and lists of stores for parents to run to. Everything your student needs for dance class in one box for one price. Yeah, and they even help you customize your dance box based off your specific dress code requirements for each class. They also set up and provide you with a link to your studio's dance box page so you can post in your studio website for easy ordering. All you have to do is direct your parents to the link and they can order everything in one box for their child's dance class. Yeah, and the great thing about DanceBox is by partnering with them, you'll receive a 10% commission on all boxes sold through your studio's DanceBox link quarterly. And honestly, we just received our first DanceBox, and it is amazing. We got a ballet box with (laughs) uh, leotard and tights and ballet shoes. Quality is awesome. It's great to use in class. I highly recommend DanceBox, and you can check out our code at... Behind the Bar... B-A-R-R-E, behind the bar to receive a 10% discount on your first DanceBox purchase. Yeah, and if you're interested in partnering with them, you can find them at Shop DanceBox on Instagram. Do you want to tell us what you just said you came to work looking like today? <laughs> okay, so I used my roommate's um, three-barrel curling crimper. Oh, and like so, the wave kind of yeah, thing? Yeah. It was my first time using it, so I just looked in the mirror, and I like looked at myself, and I said, I'm really glad I left my house looking like meatloaf this morning. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like Meatloaf the singer, not yeah. the food. Well, because I have like relatively shorter hair, so it just kind of sits above my shoulders and is a poof. I don't think you look like, <laughs> I don't think you look like Meatloaf. So, okay, yeah, the three-barrel crimper, it's weird. So I asked for one of those for my birthday a few years ago. Yeah. I actually got rid of it because I couldn't get it to do like those luxurious waves. Instead, yeah. it looked like I was consistently trying to kind of step back into that like 80s time period where you could where the crimp was like <laughs> a real thing so I can't get that nice flow is that a hair length thing or is it, it might be a hair length thing because okay. we both have like Short, shoulder. shorter shoulder length yeah because I didn't know if it was that the barrels like the three barrels or two barrels inside yeah, and like and waves weren't big enough well, my roommate does hers, and, and her it's hair is beautiful, luxurious. It's beautiful, but also she has longer hair than I do, hmm. and she does it often. Hmm. Yeah. So, hey, <laughs> are you going to work here looking like Meatloaf? Well, I'm actually going to grab my trusty scrunchie that's in my hidden place and put but my hair up. Come to the, de- <laughs> to the desk. You could be like, stop right there. I want to know right now. And I think could- the kids would look at me and be like, Taylor, you're crazy fun fact they already do <laughs> they already say, fun fact they actually already say that every no they don't 
Fun fact, Meatloaf. Yeah. Paradise by the Dashboard Light. I don't know if you know that song. <laughs> you actually do. And if you say you don't, you can just block right. out the door. Because you do. You just need to hear it. Anyways, it is my all-time fave song played to sing along to. Okay, because I was like, I know your favorite song. Okay, and okay. It is it's not, not It's not my all-time fave song. <laughs> my fave, I, I'll tell everybody. My favorite song is um, Just Like a Prayer by Madonna. But my favorite sing-along to song at, like, weddings mm-hmm. or parties or in my car is Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Right. By Meatloaf. And I really, really want somebody to learn the sec this the there's it's like a duet there's right. a duet portion and nobody solidly knows it as good as I do except for we do have one teacher here and she actually knows it pretty good and she will duet it with me at the right place in the right time <laughs> but it is known that I love this song and the students don't know it and it irritates me right other fun fact my first ever concert when I was in the seventh grade uh-huh. my father took me to see meatloaf because Meatloaf had just made his, like... Because Meatloaf was big when my dad was young. Yeah. And then he'd made his return album when I was in the seventh grade called Bad Out of Hell 2. <laughs> and it was so, so popular. Right. And we went and saw Meatloaf together. And that's all I have to say I'm so that. glad that the Meatloaf reference landed then. It landed. Like, like I just like, said it. I mean, and I, I totally was like, I've seen Meatloaf in person. And it is. It's like I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not like I don't. I don't see that. But the hair crimping is a real thing. The hair crimping is a real thing. It's a hit or miss. And maybe I shouldn't have accidentally run a brush through it. Maybe that really ruined it. Um, Not just your fingers, an actual brush. No, I like I wasn't thinking, and I looked in the mirror, and I was like, oh. And then I was like, well, I'm hooped now. So prior to the brushing, did you feel it had more of like a flow? It had more of a wave. Yeah. People can't see your hand motions. (laughs) (laughs) Just so we know, Taylor did that all in hand motions. (laughs) I know you all can't see it, so I figured I'd I'd facilitate the conversation. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't like my results either, and I felt I couldn't get the wave, like, deep enough. Like, Mm -hmm. it just seemed like it was, like, my top layer of hair was frizzy, frizzy, and I gave up. I know, and it's ridiculous every time. different ways to do my hair because sometimes I show up, like, my roommate braids my hair for me, thank Mm -hmm. God. (laughs) But then I, like, curl my hair, and I'm getting bored of that, and then, like, sometimes I'll just wear it straight, and you know me. Straight hair and I just, we don't, don't go like together. It. Apparently, no. apparently Taylor doesn't think straight hair is her thing. I think it looks great, <laughs> curled or straight, or even now. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, I, I don't think it's as large as you think it is. <laughs> like, really poofy. I don't I'm think really it's I'm really glad we've spent the last five minutes discussing my hair. Exactly five minutes. Really? When yeah, I said we're that? At five minutes of the podcast. Wow. That's amazing. Oh, I'm oh. really good you're, today. You're on. Hopefully the rest of the day is just as on. This is great. I woke up in a very good mood. I said to my roommate this morning, I was just like, I don't know what it is. Like, I slept till 8.30 and I never sleep till 8.30. Mm-hmm. Mood, excellent. Went to bed at like two after binging season three of Dance Moms, but you know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Today we're going to try and not give as many Canadian versus American facts. Yeah. Oh we my god. Who knows? Who knows what we're gonna do? Um, so we left off last podcast talking about dance trips, and we had made it to the past the New York trip. Past the New York trip. The New York trip was where we left yes. off. Yes. So, obviously, after the New York trip, even though, as I always say every single time, I don't know if we'll do that again. It was a lot of work. I'm really tired, and I hate (laughs) fundraising. And I always end up kind of not loving the parents after a dance trip. Right. Because they 
even though they know what they're getting into, they're always hard to work with. But guess what? We decide we're going to do yet another dance, dance trip back again to Disneyland because, like I said, New York was not the New best York for us. Not, it's no. just it's too small and it was hard to maneuver everybody. So back to Disneyland, and we now have some kids who have already been on the trip prior, so they really know what's happening. But they're in like their senior years of dance, and then you have like those new kids coming up. So we lay it out there again. We do the fundraising because you need to work for the trip. Yeah. You have to. And so if you don't, if you are given say ten raffle tickets to sell, you have to sell all ten. Or your parent can just write a check and yeah. say they sold the ten. I don't really care either way. The money has to come back because it all goes into the pot. So that was kind of the first hiccup is parents, even though we said it and we signed an agreement around it and I had a million meetings, I had a parent come to me. And we actually had three in on this trip come to me going, well, here's my raffle tickets. I only sold like one or two. Well, that doesn't work. You have no. to pull your weight. Yeah. Everybody has to end up paying the same money. So whether you want to pound the payment, pavement and knock on every door or mommy writes you a check, I don't really care. But you can't just come in and go, here, I made $20, and your pal that came in an hour ago made 400 yeah. It doesn't work. I remember fundraising, like, when I was a kid, Jump Rope for Heart. That was always the best part of Jump Rope for Heart. Going door to door. Going door to door. Yeah. It was fun. It is fun. Well, and, like, for this, it does teach them to work for it. And don't yeah. sign up for a trip anywhere if you know it could come out of your pocket. And, like, family. Like, everyone has family members or family friends or anything like that. Yeah. or friends who have parents like and it can be hard like I can appreciate it can be hard but you have to do the work in and it's also how these kids learn to approach people to ask for something and lots of them don't right they'll be like do you want to buy a raffle ticket instead of like hey this is who I am this is what I'm doing so they have to pound the pavement like those girls who sell the um donuts Krispy yes. Kremes. I want to see everyone <laughs> selling Krispy Kremes. Krispy Kreme level. Yes, that's a, that's. I would kill extreme. for some Krispy Kremes. Uh, you know what? I asked. <laughs> so also, Canada doesn't have a lot of Krispy Kremes. We no. have some, but we in don't BC. Have, I think we only have like one. Yeah, over. Yeah, we have one like four or three hours away from here. Yeah. Uh, so we do Krispy Kreme fun- fundraisers so that we can get them into our areas. And I just said to the girls the other night in class, I said, does anybody have Krispy Kremes? (laughs) And they were like, no. And I'm like, somebody should sell some because I also could go for a Krispy Kreme. Yeah. Last time we sold them through our studio for fundraising, one of my son's uh, coaches for his sports bought them and his wife made homemade Earl Grey latte ice cream and stuffed the Krispy Kremes with them. (laughs) I didn't get one, but I want want to do that because it sounded so delicious. Anyway, so I had multiple <laughs> back on track. <laughs> and I had a few kids come back to me. I didn't sell my tickets. Well, then you're off the team. Like, I had to take kids off the team. Yeah. So there was, unlike other years, a lot more hard lines driven where I was like, these are the expectations. I can't be walked all over. The other team can't support your butt to go on this trip. It costs money. Everybody has to pay the same money. So whether you sell the $100 of tickets now or pay $100, you're going to end yeah. up owing it at some point. Because we do keep track that everybody's fundraised the same amount. So, took a few kids off. Um, and as that happened, the tensions started kind of getting h- higher around the Disney trip. Right. So, parents, of course, were chit-chatting because some kids have been taken off the team. And and they were, you know, portraying it as I was the, the bad guy, even though it all came down to just money and what they had done. Yeah. 
so there was already like all this friction and we decided to have and then I started having parents email me actually saying like well you know what happens to the money they already fundraised and like I was being accused and that just goes into the pot so it ends up like the kids who had already fundraised but then had to leave the team because they didn't do their share of everything then that money just stays in the pot yeah and that those kids will get an extra dinner paid for or something like when you sign up you need to commit all the way or you're going to lose your spot I mean I'm very clear about this Mm -hmm. before we we do it like I'm very clear so I started getting these emails people kind of accusing me of am I going to be pocketing this money where where's the money at um and and we were always sending like and I had an update a, a emails. person helping me with all of your like spreadsheets. We were always sending. We were very, very honest. And this actually comes up again. And it might have to be another podcast because we have another Disney story <laughs> that happens and actually ends up not happening due to the pandemic. But the fallout of that is a whole extreme yeah. situation. So parents were starting to be really weird. They were starting to to gossip. And you could hear it because the kids were gossiping, to, gossiping too, right? So my mom said that we shouldn't have to sell this because those kids sold that. And where's that extra money? And not really understanding the big picture. So we had a team meeting. And I had all the parents in. And we were talking about how, you know, why the expectation was the way it was and why these kids are on the team and they're on because it was already this thing too where it was like my mom says I'm going to a different studio next year because of the Disney trip and it's like but you knew what the Disney trip was like you knew what you signed up for okay go to the other studio but why like what happened just because you had to sell some raffle tickets that you knew you had to sell yeah so we have the parents in to basically stop the gossip and start stop just stop it all it was like the gossip's happening kids are gossiping the kids are on this team because we do expect them to dance here next year. Yeah. That is the, we're taking them on this trip to better them, but bettering them also betters the studio. And I had one mom screaming and yelling at me in the meeting, like, my kid won't be dancing next year at all. She has to get a job. And I'm like, okay. Like going into grade Mm -hmm. 11 has to get a job. Okay. But again, why are you then on this trip? Like, why are you fundraising all this money? Yeah. And working this hard if you're just not going to dance? Like, I I don't understand. Because the whole point is that these are all dedicated kids. And then we start talking about the finances and how some people haven't sold all the raffle tickets and how that affects the team. And I have another mom start screaming at me about how, um, and she was, she was very, very aggressive. And she's like, then you should just be talking to those parents. And I'm like, but they're not on the team anymore. Yeah. I'm trying to explain to you guys what's happening. So it was a very volatile conversation. And one dad actually recorded it. Oh. And I was glad he recorded it because he actually recorded it and he brought it home to, because because he recorded it because his wife couldn't come, so he needed to relay information. Recorded it, brought it home, and played it for his wife and his daughter, who yeah. at the time, I think his daughter was like 15, 16, dancing with me, so old enough to hear the conversation. Yeah. And the daughter actually came in, and she goes, you know, I, w- I want to tell you that I'm really upset that people spoke to you like that in that meeting, yeah. and that you didn't deserve that, and it was really awful. So I, I had known it was bad. I knew it was worse now, because like uh, this kid was able to tell me this, and there was just constant, constant friction on the team. And you could feel it. It was like a thick fog through the studio, mm, constant gossip. Yeah. So then one day I'm in the studio and I'm cleaning. It's like afternoon. And I come out into the lobby and nobody was here except for me and another teacher. But we were in the back. So I'm still unsure to this day if somebody came into the studio or if this was sent in the mail. I don't remember there being a stamp on it. <laughs> Regardless, I come out to my my desk, yeah, and there's a let uh, an envelope on the desk, and it's just addressed to the studio, yeah. And I open it, and it's an anonymous letter. Oh my god! Yeah, 
an anonymous letter. Actually, this is a sec- that's the second anonymous letter I've gotten since I've owned my studio. And it's complaining about all of the teachers, mostly actually complaining about um, my daughter and the dance that she had choreographed for this one group and how not all the kids were in the front line. Like, just absolutely ridiculous. And how my daughter shouldn't have been allowed to choreograph this dance, which doesn't make any sense because this dance was also doing really well at competition. Like, it was just such a bizarre... And it it was an awful, awful letter. It was mean. Yeah. Um, it was very clearly written by somebody who we knew now was a competitive dancer and on the Disney team because yeah. they also said that um, I was charging too much money for the Disney trip and other studios have gone for cheaper. Yeah. Maybe other studios have gone for cheaper. I don't know what flights they booked. Yeah. I don't know what hotel they're staying at. And I don't know if they're working through Dance the Magic, which you have to pay a lot of money. Like, and, like, they don't know, like, you don't know what you're eating every day no. with them and, like, what that no. situation is. No, so and like, other, the other studio that does this trip, they don't do it through Dance the Magic. They don't do the parade. Mm-hmm. They don't do the, they don't fundraise like we do. We fundraise for the whole trip. Yeah. They just fundraise, like, if they make some money, great. So those are two different things. Yeah. So then there was in this anonymous letter this accusation of how, why was I charging so much? How much was I making off of it? And and accusing me of stealing money from the team, which is something I would never, ever do. I mean, you're literally making zero dollars off of it. Yes. So. Yes, exactly. And I don't, I know, like, it is encouraged to make money off your trips. Mm-hmm. We don't. And because we're in Canada going to the U.S., I also don't because our dollar isn't the same value. So it's already expensive for us to go. So I yeah. don't feel right in upcharging for the cost. The teachers are included in the cost because we go and chaperone. Yeah. So we're, we're covered in terms of our park passes, but what everything else isn't covered, our food, whatever. So, and, and I, I cover that for my staff, but it, we're not stealing money. No. Like, yes, There's no I'm going to now live with your kid for five days, make sure they're fed, watered into their activities at the right time. Yeah. And so... I should get paid for that, so I end up getting this trip out of it. But it's also a full work trip. It's not just, I'm not vacationing. Yeah, it's stressful. You are literally yes. in charge of, like, 25 kids. In it's another stressful. country. <laughs> yeah. So, huge accusations, anonymous letter. So, based on what the letter said, we kind of deciphered that we knew it was a competitive kid. The dance that they mentioned, we knew what group that dance was. Yeah. The dance that they were all upset about. So, it could only be, like, one very specific group of children kids, yeah so we call a meeting was the letter written by the kids or the parents the letter i'm assuming was written by a parent okay it was typed it was okay. form it was written well like it okay. wasn't it wasn't a child sorry coffee break coffee break so <laughs> <laughs> um so we call a meeting and we the studio was really really busy but we wanted to deal with it right away so yeah. we actually had the meeting in our change room which is hilarious <laughs> And it was our it was our junior at the time, our junior company dancers. Yeah. It was their parents. So there was only, I think, five kids out of junior company that were coming on the trip. Okay. Call the meeting and we tell them um, that we have to have an emergency meeting. We don't say what it's about. Yeah. That is really important. Two of my teachers attend it with me because everybody else is teaching. We go in. Super interesting. Two of the moms didn't show up. Instead, the dads are sent. Right. And we know that dads are always sent in when, like, the mom feels they need that, I don't know, whether it's a bullying tactic. Yeah. I feel like it's a bullying tactic. So, oddly enough, we have these two men. So I set everybody down, and I just read the letter. I go, I'm just going to read a letter I received that I I know is from one of you. Yeah. I read the letter. 
couple months, and then I say, I say, unless we find out who this letter's from, nobody in junior company is coming on this trip. Yeah. Nobody. Which so, is fair. Totally fair. So two moms start crying. Yeah. And I'm like awkwardly sitting there and I'm looking at these two dads and I'm like, where's your wives? Yeah. And the wives are thick as thieves. Where's your wives? Well, the one dad is like, uh, she couldn't come today. She didn't know what this was about. She's busy. And I'm like, no, I know for a yeah. fact that's not true. Second dad, I'm like, where's your wife? And he keeps going, she just couldn't be here, Krista. She just couldn't be here. And I'm like, what the heck? Okay. Odd. Odd. So we have this conversation about the letter and how inappropriate it is. Um, it seems to be a collective agreement that my daughter hasn't done anything wrong, that they actually quite enjoy their class. So I'm like, well, this doesn't make sense. And did somebody else write it who's not part of your group? And also at the same time, we're still part, one of our customers is actually that mom that I mentioned in the last trip who was always drinking and coming home late at night. Yeah. So she's not part of junior company, but I'm, she's also friends with these two moms that didn't show up. So I'm like, yeah. I have a feeling this is like a collective effort. Right. So they all, we, we have the meeting. I'm like, this is the way it's going to be. Somebody needs to approach me with the truth. You can all leave now, but this is ridiculous. So I already know, like, the moms that are bawling their eyes out, and I'm pretty sure it's not them that wrote the letter, just based on the relationship. Oh, my goodness. This is such a nightmare. So then... <laughs> I just love that you had the meeting in the change, change room. room. Which our change like, room is tiny. Picture it, and I'm like... <laughs> yeah, our change room is teeny tiny. So the one dad who had said um, that his wife just couldn't make it right now yeah, was kind second of dad. odd. A second dad asks to speak to me. Ah. And I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, well... Just so you know, um, my wife and I are separated. Yeah. She actually is in jail right now because she has um, been found abusing the children, mm -hmm. drinking and driving with the children in the car. Okay. Um, all this stuff. Apparently, she'd come to a competition had driven to a different city for a competition and was drinking beers in the car while driving the child. Which is never okay. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> There, all this stuff came out. Yeah. All this stuff came out. And we taught both the girls. And she was apparently only abusing the younger child. Yeah. And that's a whole story on its own as well because, oh, my goodness. So I'm like, holy smokes. And he goes, all I can say to you is she loves writing letters like that. So I feel like she wrote the letter. Ah. Okay. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, I don't know what's happening in our lives right now. My mom's living with us to help me care for the girls so I can still work. Yeah. She is, and maybe next episode will be kind of more just the story because yeah. there's a lot to it. But she is not around right now. I, I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm like, okay, well, it was probably this mom. Yeah. That would make sense because he's saying she writes letters like this all the time. It's yeah. probably this mom. So we then decide it's this mom. She then gets out of jail and comes here. For, she wasn't allowed to see her kids, but she came here to see me. Okay. And I asked her about the letter to her face. And when I asked her, all of a sudden, she was like, <laughs> it was so weird. I was like, <laughs> I was like, listen, you know about the meeting we had? And she's like, why? Well, yeah, but I don't know what it's about. And she was always a very fluttery, flighty mom. And I was like, well, it was about this anonymous letter I received that yeah. actually I have been told is written by you. The second I said that, she was like, oh, oh, my stomach. Oh, I can hardly breathe. Oh, my, I need to use your washroom. Went to the washroom, was missing for like a good <laughs> Sorry, five, what? ten. I'm not even kidding you. A good five, ten minutes. And I'm like, what yeah. is happening? 
came out of the washroom. She's like, I can't stop sweating. Something's really, really, really wrong with me. I need to go to the hospital. Exactly. (laughs) Leaves. And then a couple hours later, I get an email from her where she's like, I'm so sorry I had to run out. I had a bladder infection. I I went to the hospital and found out I had a bladder bladder infection. So still to this day, I think it was her. So that was like the start of the turmoil. So we decide, okay, we're not going to punish this child for the mom's behavior. She's not part of their lives anymore. At this point, because of what's going on, she can't even actually cross the border. Yeah. So we're not super worried about her. Let's continue on. But the the friction on the team is high. Moms are mad because the letter was written. I'm just frustrated with all the parents. People are now still gossiping. It was just, it was constant toxic. And so this was my, I think around my 13th year of business, yeah. of owning the business. And we had never had up until this point, a lot of, like, shakeups. Like, we hadn't had a lot of, like, well, I'm going to switch to another studio and have, like, a whole group go. Yeah. There's always kids that flow in and out, but we've never experienced a huge loss. Yeah. So, and interestingly enough, as I was, like, reading, like, Facebook pages and whatever from other studio owners, a lot of people were saying, like, year 12, 13 seems to be these really hard years with, like, I don't know if it's just, like, your studio kind of needs to change and you have to have a change in, like, the people you attract that come into your business. Regardless, we go on this Disney trip, and of course the parents are there, but not with us. Like the parents will travel on as their always. own, as always. And I, um, I have the mom who's been in jail somehow gets a pardon and she comes. She crossed the border. Yeah, I don't exactly know how it happened because I'm not yeah part of all that. Right, but it was bad. It was bad. She was intoxicated pretty much the whole time. The father had to look after her pretty much the whole time. We'd run into them in the park. Of course, the daughter was embarrassed. And I have another kid that's, yeah. like, super, super, super embarrassed. We got through the whole trip. It was not without a lot of, like, drama and parent drama and parents, like, always coming to, like, the rooms to check on their kids and always wanting to know where we were. And it was just – it was too much. Yeah. Helicoptering. Um, yeah. totally helicoptering and just weirdly constant dramatics like constantly complaining constantly not happy happy with what we were doing even though we were doing I still know a totally great job but it wasn't good enough for them and so then when the trip ended and everybody went home I stayed I usually stay an extra few days and bring my family down so I can actually have a bit of a vacation because I am exhausted and I don't really get to see the park because I'm working the whole time so, of course, I have this and I check my email because, of course, I check my email of for the studio while I'm on a family <laughs> vacation because I those, all those go into the boundary conversation. This is really before I set up the very start of really, really defining what boundaries are. And I have email after email after email after from this whole basically entire junior group yeah. saying that they're going to another studio next year. Um, because they're upset about the Disney trip and because they don't like the other moms. But what's hilarious is most of the moms followed and went with them. Yeah. And then I had older girls who were also leaving because the mom, so the mom, when we go back to the other trips, the one that was up all night drunk and was showing up in the middle of the night, Yeah. they were one of the families that didn't hand in their raffle tickets on time. Like they didn't pay, they didn't have the money and she didn't have the money to pay the difference. And at that time, we'd had a good conversation where she was like, you know what, I know I won't be able to pay this. Like, if we don't fundraise enough money, I won't even have the 100 bucks to pay the difference for my child to attend. I need yeah. to leave the trip. But she didn't just quietly leave the trip. She caused a ton of drama. She made up stories. She told um, 
She told the other parents that we had hidden cameras in the lobby so that we could spy on what the children were saying. Uh, Which I'm... If you could see our studio... Um, <laughs> There'd be nowhere to hide There's them. nowhere to Also, hide them. I would never do something so illegal to hide cameras and spy on people. No. Um, she told families that I was hiding money. She mm-hmm. told... so And this mom actually... It's come to light now that she's incredibly mentally unwell. She's actually... She lost her children after this. All this stuff happened. They did go to another studio. It lasted maybe four months. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the daughter went down a bad road. Um, but she caused a whole thing of drama, too, around this trip. So... They left, and a bunch of her friends left. So I think in total to the other studio, we lost that year eight children, which is a huge loss. That's a loss. huge loss, and especially, like, company kids, competitive yeah, kids. Yeah. like eight company kids. I was so devastated because it was the first time it had happened, and now I can tell the story that it's actually happened again when we have our, our next story yeah. about the next trip. And... I understand, like, you you can't force people to stay. These children that you say are your children aren't really your children. They are birthed by their parent, and their parents will rip them away as quick as they can. They don't care about the extra stuff we've done. Like, I had such a hard time understanding, like, how are you not appreciative of the amount of times I've, you know, traveled with your kids to competitions, stayed with them in hotels, looked after them backstage, fed fed them, them, brought them to extra stuff, had fun studio events and sleepovers, taken them on these trips. Like, these kids had been, most of them had been to Disney before, New York, Disney again, or at least had seen, like, it was just so hard to understand. Yeah. And painful. It was painful. Especially the first loss, like, the first big loss. Yeah, they went on social media to blast the studio. As one does. As one does. Um, talking about how they were leaving and they were going to be so much happier elsewhere. None of those kids finished dancing to, to their final year of school. Yeah. Not a single one of them. Um, the, the junior kids that left, most of them are still dancing now at the other studio. And it's awkward because we see them at competitions. And yeah. it's super, super awkward. And I had a hard time understanding that, like, it was good they were leaving at that time, right? Because it was so toxic. Yeah. Especially after receiving an anonymous letter. Like, you have to be kidding me. People love to hide behind, like, anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. It's baffling. It is baffling. And, like, Computer screens, everything like that, fake email accounts. Like, everyone just, there's so many ways for people to hide nowadays instead of, like, having a face-to-face conversation. Yeah. And that's where the bullying conversation comes up, right? Yeah. Because people just hide and they do whatever the heck, say whatever they want, but they wouldn't say it to your face. Nope. And the... Anonymous letter was just like, are you ki-? like I couldn't even believe it. I could not believe it. It's insane. And um, yeah, and so and of course one dad in that meeting was like, well, you shouldn't have touched the letter, and we could fingerprint it. And I'm like, okay, this isn't <laughs> like forensics. We're CSI? just yeah, we're just like a little dance studio here trying to figure out who's <laughs> crazy enough that they would write a letter like this. Yeah. So yeah, losing them was a lot, but losing them was good. Yeah. I know where they're all at in their lives right now, and they're all still creating, like, toxic energy everywhere they go. So it's great that they became other people's problems and not my problems. Yeah. But it made... I couldn't imagine dealing with, like, those types of people during the year that was just had, you know? Yeah. And it made, like, that the last time we went to Disney, because, like I said, our next trip we didn't get to go on because of the pandemic, it made it unenjoyable. It made it completely unenjoyable. I don't remember feeling any ter- feeling of excitement mm-hmm. in that trip because I was entire. I was on on eggshells the whole time Just because exhausted. I was trying to please them. Yeah, but I couldn't please them. It didn't matter what we did, 
They'd and already made up their mind. They'd all totally. And that was the thing. Like when I checked my email while I was still on the trip, those kids, their planes wouldn't have even fully landed at home yet. So their parents knew they got on the flights to come back. Yeah. And they'd already were all sending their emails. Like And they all planned it. Like they're all just, Oh, they all went together, they all planned it, they all posted on social media together, they all commented on each other's social media about how proud they were of one another. Blah okay, blah, blah blah blah. And and that was it. So that trip and like it's funny because I'm saying like oh you know we're so good at dance trips we don't have the parents involved and we don't but the dance trips seem to really really bring out interesting personalities in people and really show us who some of these people are it's gonna be really interesting when Disney's back on yeah because we do have a Disney trip we have to take um because we do have fundraise money and that'll be its own we'll have a conversation about that next week because we all because again after that trip I was like we're never doing this again we're done four years passed (laughs) and I was like hey everybody it's time for another Disney trip we love it down there and we do and we love Dance the Magic and the positive kids and the families that appreciate it are totally worth it yeah it's so hard to navigate through that when the negative is so in your face all the time and people are being mean right they're calling you at home yeah and, and this was all before I like blocked my phone all that kind of stuff they would call me at home they had no problem with that they would stop me in the parking lot they would stop me in the store they would send mean emails they would send mean facebook messages i like i couldn't take it anymore which is just so like even with the whole pandemic i get understand why like people don't approach people as often but even this year there's been like maybe three instances like i can't really think of anything awful that has happened really what i find really interesting about the pandemic and what it forced us to do. It forced us to not have parents in the building at yeah. all. Because we've never let parents watch classes, but they've always been in the building. They hang out. Yeah. And I don't know what the heck they do. They monitor everything their child does outside <laughs> of the classroom. But interestingly enough, they weren't allowed to come in. And that goes all the way down to our two-year-olds. The parents are not in here. We've never had... This is this has been the year, sorry, that we've had the least amount of complaints. Yeah. Because usually in that first month of dance, everybody has that those parents that are like, well, I could see through the window in the class because they, they can always see something. Yeah. The door's open, whatever it is. And my child wasn't, I don't know, wasn't participating or my child was in the back row or my child said the teacher, nobody has those emails this year. Where did they all go? Yeah. And is it because they're not in here micromanaging? Micromanaging is a huge part of it because they like to sit out here and they like to know everything that's going on at every possible second. Yeah, and if one parent is like, oh, I don't like that, yeah. then three others are like, what didn't you like? What didn't you like? What? Mm-hmm. Let me talk, let's talk about it. Let's have yeah. a whole, and then now somebody's going to send an email. We have not had that. There's been a few instances where yeah. people have had a comment about something, but even, I just find we haven't had angry, it's nothing like what we've normally had. No, it's just like calm resolution yes yeah totally and (laughs) people don't seem to be worrying about what's happening in here and their children seem to be just fine and they're putting on their dance shoes by themselves it's wonderful that a five-year-old can actually put on their shoes absolutely fine without their parents hovering yeah they don't need mommy giving them seven snacks before class and talking to them like they're bringing their kid out during class to have a snack yes yeah i've had that too (laughs) yes 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 they don't need to interrupt the classroom so I, it is interesting. We don't have that this year. I yeah. can't imagine dealing with these parents on top of it. But yeah, so I did say no more Disney. <laughs> and then we did sign up again. And that will be its net, its own story in the final Disney um, trip. Disney saga. Yeah, maybe it is a saga because always something happens. Something always happens. But the, the last trip we physically went on was the worst. Yeah. And it was the worst because the parents were so mean and so awful 
and hurtful. And then we lost all these people in the studio. And it was so hard to understand how I had dedicated basically like a whole week out of my summer away from my family, never mind all the weekends and nights of rehearsing for their grades and whatever, and that they couldn't value that. But it's not for them to value. I did it. I gave my time. I did my best. And really, when you have, like, I think we had maybe 32 kids on the trip and, you know, seven or eight of them leave, there's still still a ton that are really, really happy that obviously had a great experience that and signed up you to just do it again. So. You don't hear from the people that are happy as no. much, right? Like, they'll say it, but they're not loud. So you don't hear that, oh, my gosh, I love this. It was the best, the best. All you hear is that the you're the worst. Stuff. That yeah. was awful. We're out of here. And, yeah. But it was good because we lost the toxic moms. We lost the mom saying there was cameras in here. Like, it was <laughs> wild. She went on and on. She had parents convinced of all this stuff. She was – it was not good. Conspiracy theories. Yeah, probably. I'd be interested <laughs> to see how she feels about the pandemic at this time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's um, that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, we ended on a good note. We ended on a good note of getting, <laughs> of getting rid of people. If you want to get rid of customers, do a dance trip. I highly recommend it. <laughs> I thought you were about to say hire us. Yeah, <laughs> hire us to do a dance trip. But it does. It really weeds people. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't know if other people have this experience. People's true colors really show when you take them on a trip. Uh-huh. They say that you should always, like, travel with someone to find out if you guys are, like, really. Can actually live together. Yeah. It's true, because yeah. people are very different on vacation than they are elsewhere. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I'm a completely different person on vacation. Like, I thrive. I am, like, street smarts 24-7. My best friend, however, when we went to Europe, not. Not a great traveler. No. I mean, we are still best friends to this That's day. Good. Love her. But she was very much not about street smarts, and I was 100%. Like, I will get us out of any situation. Yeah. And that's how we ended up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a good traveler, but I don't know. I, I just, You're a good... Uh, what? I am you a are good a good traveler. I yeah. am. You are. I just think I of know all the know sticky situations. I know we know sticky situations. <laughs> we still have to share my wedding story. But, um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's it. That's all I've got. Yeah. I'm just, just telling you what happened and how awful it was in the moment but now I can look back at it and kind of laugh and go okay it was good yeah it was good because once again like it's just getting it's shedding the fat shedding the fat (laughs) I love it okay everybody have a good day listen to us next time and if you want to contact us you can find us on behind the bar pod on instagram and then email us at behind the bar podcast at gmail.com see you later bye